Life in Eskdale in Hawke's Bay has been racked with uncertainty since the Cyclone Gabriel floods. But the school community has rallied together. Yesterday afternoon, the Ministry of Education reversed a decision to downsize the school's rebuild, which was originally approved in 2019 and set back by the floods. That's quite complicated, isn't it? So they were going to rebuild the school. The Ministry of Education uh, had said that they were going to downsize it, but now they've reversed that decision. Danelle Kendrick is a parent at Eskdale School. Her family lost their home in the floods, and we wanted to check in on how these last few months have been for them. Hi, Danelle. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks for your time today. Um, And... I'm so sorry to hear about your home. People can probably imagine, but not imagine the extent of it. Um, how are you guys doing? Uh, just taking each day as it comes, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are in temporary accommodation in town at the moment, so we're not currently living in Estale. Um, and we're just waiting for government zoning decisions on whether we're going back to the area or not. Um but in the meantime, we're chugging along and the kids are still at school and life goes on. Yeah. Can you tell us about your kids? Um, I have three boys. Um, they are seven, six and two. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> so two of them go to Estelle School. Yeah. Um, and the last five months has been an upheaval for them. But mm-hmm. I've also seen the most resilient attributes come out of them at the same time, if that makes any sense. Yeah. What are their names? Uh, Finn, Reeve, and Dawson. Oh, great. Okay. And um, why? Because you're driving them to Eskdale School each day. Why are you making that trip from Napier each day? Um, because we love the school. We love the area. Um, it's also the school that my husband went to. Um, hmm. He is from Eskdale and born and raised. Um, we love the school because of the teachers. We love the community. Everyone's a really, I guess you could call us a really tight knit group. Um, everybody knows one another um, and it's quite hard to come across that these days. Um, so I'm making the effort to drive 25 minutes to 30 minutes every day back and forth to drop them off at school and pick them up again because yeah. we don't want to leave. That must be quite a drive. I'm presuming you can still see the uh, impact of Cyclone Gabrielle each day when you drive in and out? It's not too bad. It's kind of passing the outskirts of it going okay. into the Esk Hills, so I'm not seeing it every day. Okay. But. Tell me the story of the school then. Um, from Well, actually, it sounds like the plans for a rebuild um, were constructed long before Cyclone Gabriel. Yes, definitely. I think it was 2019 they started. Mm-hmm. So I've I've had my kids at school over the whole period of time that they've been doing all of the works, yeah. um, so I've kind of seen it unfold. And then, so what was the Ministry of Education's initial decision on the school? Uh, to say that there were a lot of angry parents and upset parents and teachers and community members was an understatement, mm. um, especially when they'd thrown so many um, thousands, millions of dollars at it already. Um, and I guess for them to just suddenly put a halt on it, it just seemed really unjustified and yeah, didn't so, make any sense. So, sorry, what was, their, what was their decision? What did they announce after Cyclone Gabrielle about the school? Um, so they put it into Category 3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so originally um, the floodwaters reached the bottom field. So if you can kind of imagine it, the school goes up on a slope going into the hill, so it kind of goes up at different interval levels. Yeah. 
Um, so they classed the school as Category 3, which then got reversed after discussions and got moved to Category 1, which means that it's fine. Yeah, people um, people probably outside of Hawke's Bay won't know those categories as well as you do, but Category 3 meant what exactly? Um, your red zones. You're not allowed to uh, residentially go back and live in the area. Okay. And so you were thinking, well, hey, this is the worst flood we've had in living memory, and it still didn't come near the school itself. What's going on? Yes, uh-huh. exactly. Especially when it didn't reach any of the classrooms or anything like that. Yeah. It was just the bottom field. Okay. So you protested, and when did you get word that they had changed their mind? Um, we as a community all rallied together we kind of made i don't know whether you saw it there was a big black banner that we put up saying we are still here like the hashtag yeah um just to put out word to the rest of the world that we are still here we haven't all just disappeared and gone off to different areas and i guess unless you're here in the community you don't know that so Mm -hmm. we just wanted to make a little bit of noise and i remember i was sitting in the car waiting for school pick up and i was um going through my my phone and I saw the announcement that they had retracted their decision and they were going to continue with the rebuild and I actually cried (laughs) I did it was just like a huge relief because it's the only thing that's familiar and routine for my kids after everything else changing yeah they love that school so much it's kind of like their stability and their grounding place especially with a lot of other children that have gone through the same as them I'm really, I'm really happy that you're happy, um, and uh, people will know that a lot of people won't rebuild in Esquivel; they go somewhere else. But are there enough homes in the community? Are there enough kids in the community to make that school um, thrive? One hundred percent. And I think when people think of the Esk Valley, they think all of us live just in the valley where it yeah. flooded. But majority of the kids that actually go to Estelle School don't live in that valley. They live in all of the surrounding hills, um, behind the hill, everywhere else. Um, so I think there was all of I think there was nineteen children that ended up leaving, which wasn't justified enough to stop a huge big rebuild for the huge percentage of children that are still there and learning. Um, and so, yeah, I think that was one thing that people really needed to know was that the attendees of the school, sorry, that's my two-year-old. You're okay. That's um, two-year-olds doing what a two-year-old there. does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Is that, um, is that Dawson, is it? Yeah, it's Dawson. Okay. Cool. Hey, yeah, Dawson. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it looks to me on the map like there are quite a few different roads to the school. Um, it doesn't look like the sort of place that would get cut off very easily. No. No, so there's two ways that you can get over the hill. So there's obviously the direction from Napier, um, and then there's also the road coming up from Esk Valley. So there was no way that the school was cut off completely during the flood. Um, It was actually a safe zone for people that were in the valley that had to go through the waters and come up to the hill. Um, So, yeah, it's not like it was blocked off or for future references that it would be blocked off that it was unsafe. So your family's got plenty of years ahead of you at the school, eh? Yes, 100%. Three boys. I know, it's hectic. Does that run in your <laughs> I family? Love it, though. <laughs> um, it, it does at the moment. My sister's got a boy as well, yeah. um, so we'll see. You know what happens if you... <laughs> I'm not having any more. Well, I was going to say, you know what happens if you try and have a girl now, you get twin boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, tell me about your next few months then. Um, so basically our situation for us personally, we're waiting on zoning um, for our house. So 
in Estelle, our street is the only one that wasn't put into Category 3, which means that basically we need community-level mitigation, which is whether it's changing the river um, direction, building stop banks, all of that. So currently at the moment, there's a whole lot of planning and financial stuff going on with the councils and governments. So it's kind of just a big waiting game at the moment. We don't really know whether we're going to be told we can go back and rebuild or whether we will be paid out like the rest. And if we do get paid out and have to go elsewhere, we will still be trying to find somewhere to live in the area. Yeah. Um, What's your street, if you don't mind me asking? Um, Pohutakawa Drive. Okay. I'm just trying to find that on the map. And um... So that's like right at the very end of the river mouth that meets up with the ocean. Okay. Thanks for telling us a bit of your story. I guess it must be really hard when you're waiting for officials to tell you what's going to happen next in your life. Um, and then the part of you will want to follow the judgment of the experts. Part of you will will feel, I suppose, like you know your area better than they do. Is that kind of the, the tension? Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think that's one thing they really need to take a grasp on is that the people that live in the area know it better than anyone else. Um, like us personally, we used to live up Esk Valley a little bit further five years ago when it flooded then. Um, obviously, it didn't go through our house then, but we know we know the river. We know what it's like when there's huge downpours. Um, so it's been interesting to watch it unfold with the people that are in charge of making the shots versus the people that live there yeah. with what's going on. I'm sure, and I'm sure you'll you feel some kinship for the people of Canterbury who uh, had similar issues in the years following the earthquake. Gosh, you're right by the sea. You, yes. I'm guessing you never <laughs> expected to see water lapping uh, at the edge of your street. No, and it was in the middle of the night. It was around 3.30 a.m., so it was pitch black, and I woke up and it was coming through the house. Yeah. Um, it ended up being over my head out the front of our section because oh, it kind of goes up on a slope up to the beachfront houses. Where did you go? Um, majority of us either busted through the back fences or we swam to the back fence and climbed over and the beachfront houses all took us in um, and we just waited because we weren't really sure whether the water was going to stop or anything. But I don't know whether you can see on the map that's in front of you, a huge big sinkhole kind of opened up from where a creek ran through that big field and that took a huge brunt of the water. Um, So that was kind of our saving grace. Yeah. Man, with three kids, you climbed the fence and went to the neighbour's house. They'll remember that night, the the older ones will anyway. (laughs) Oh, they definitely do. Thankfully, um, they're a lot better now. It took a couple of months for them to kind of get used to things, but they're not as traumatised. I think they're a lot more resilient than what us adults are. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, stay in touch. Thanks very much uh, again for telling us your story. Really appreciate it. And um, I'm I'm pleased you've had some good news from the school. Yes, no, it's definitely like a, a golden win for us, that's for sure. Thank you. That's Danelle, Danelle Kendrick, a parent at Eskdale School who just got the news that the Ministry of Education will rebuild that school.